Good afternoon, all my friends out in podcast land. This is Leah coming in from Chicago. Today, I thought I'd take a little break from the bipolar articles that I've been uh, taking notes on and sharing with you all. As most of you may know, May is the month of mental health awareness. (coughs) And for those of you who are Catholic, May 15th was the feast day of St. Dymphna. She is the patroness of people with mental illness and people who care for those with mental illness. Now a little background on St. Dymphna is that she came from a chieftain father and a devout uh, Christian mother. Now when she was young, she um, her, her mother died and her father went into a grief-stricken mental illness. Um, believe it or not, people nowadays still go into grief-stricken mental illnesses. <coughs> Pardon all the coughing. Um, so uh, when her mother died and her father went into this grief-stricken mental illness, they um, his servants were quite worried about her and about him. And uh, they thought that the only way for him to come out of this grief-stricken mental illness was to find another woman similar to his wife that he could marry and be with. So his servants went out looking abroad the towns and trying to find a a woman just similar to his, his deceased wife. And they came back with nothing. They couldn't find anybody. And then one of them had the idea, well, how about you marry Dymphna? For who else is more like your late wife than your own daughter? So when Dymphna found this out that her father wanted to marry her, she ran away with her spiritual director, priest, and a and a friend, another friend. And so um, the... Uh, as soon as her father found out that they had run away to hide, he sent his servants immediately after them uh, to, to bring them back. <clears throat> when they found them, they actually beheaded her spiritual director priest. It isn't said of what happened to the other friend. And uh, he asked Dymphna to be his wife so that he can come out of his illness. Well, when she... She was, when she uh, declined his offer, she had his servants behead her as well. And now she is buried in a pure white tomb in Giel, Belgium, for protecting her virginity. And she was only 15 years old. And now she sits up in heaven with our father. And I'm sorry for those of you who um, have different beliefs or or such, but I'm just saying of what my beliefs are. And so she sits up in heaven with our Father, watching over those who have mental illness. Um, she has been my patroness for the past 10 years since I was diagnosed. I actually even have a pretty big tattoo on my the left side of my upper chest right over my heart of uh, a picture I found of her, a real nice picture of her. And on my right 
a tricep. I have a nice little butterfly with the body that look, the body of the butterfly is a green ribbon for mental health awareness. Um, whether it's May or any other month of the year, I don't see mental health awareness as just being the 31 days in May. Mental health awareness is 365 days a year. Obviously, that's every day. Because why should we only be aware of mental health and mental illness one month, 31 days out of the year? When people don't just, it's not like on June 1st, they say, oh, uh, it's not no more mental health awareness month. So snap it. I'm out of mental illness. I don't have it anymore until next May. No, it doesn't work that way. And so I, I uh, take mental health awareness all every day, every month of the year and try to stand up for the stigma that uh, comes with it and try to get education for those who don't have the illness, particularly anybody who come, anybody new who comes into my life um, so that they know how to, um, they know how to help me, how to deal with me. And so, um, I actually tried doing a group with DBSA, an online group last night and was totally shot down. So I won't be doing that anymore. It was a lot more funner when I did it in Albuquerque. And frankly, I probably have done DBSA longer than any of those people on that website. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. But, um, well, kind of beside the point. I mean, how can I learn to uh, be around, find other people who have mental illness that I can talk to, you know? Um, I am always looking for other people who know what I'm going through, who I can be in contact with, who possibly maybe be in contact with outside of the meeting, Um you know, my um, my psychiatrist can only make a few minutes in between sessions to talk to me. <laughs> my therapist, um, we just had this conversation last week, I believe, or a couple weeks ago, um, that, you know, she was always ignoring my calls when I was in ur- urgency. And it made me realize, well, she's a professional counselor. So, yeah, they, as a professional counselor, they need to only limit outside communication to administrative purposes like scheduling uh, scheduling rescheduling canceling sessions such that such and I don't believe she ever really saw me as a rehab counselor she only saw me as a client so she didn't realize that me as a rehab counselor when I'm in a case management role, I have to be available to my clients 24-7. So we have to realize that, me and her, and we have to learn to work around it, which we're still doing. We are also in the, uh, we are also in the part of mending our therapeutic relationship. Um, it is not, that great it's not too bad but it could be better and so we're just uh, taking it session by session 
Um, I try to do some homework on more men on mending relationships and more what I can do, what she can do. Um, but other than that, I would not trade my psychiatrist or my therapist, psychologist for anything. Those two women are my world. Those two women are what's going to keep me sane and stable as I'm starting this new job where I have to wake up at five in the morning so I could get dressed, showered and dressed and leave by six so I can get there by seven, which I haven't done since Alden Estates of Barrington, uh, where I had to wake up an hour earlier because I had to be there by six. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, yeah, um, I would not trade those two women for anything. I may get mad at them on occasion. I may yell at them on occasion, but they have promised and they reassure me that they will never, ever leave me because they know that whatever anger I put out is not about them. It's about what something else that they just happen to be in front of. Um, and one last thing is my psychiatrist. The last time I got pretty upset with her, um, I found a thankful, grateful card in one of, in my stack of greeting cards and wrote a very genuine and sincere message inside of it for her. And she keeps it every day on her, on her shelf. And this past week, um, uh, I had, when I saw her on Thursday, it was the, um, day that my, uh, that I found out my great uncle had passed away that morning. And so I was in her set in session with her. I was crying. I was upset and, um, my anger was starting to come out and she points to the card and she says, Leah, you see that card you gave me. You know why I keep that card on my shelf? And I don't know what she said after that, but she quoted something that I wrote in the card. And I I felt so great that she did that. Um, one thing I love about her is when once we're in her, in her office with the door closed, she allows me to take off my mask. She takes off her mask. We stay distanced. And on the way out, she was walking me out and we just kind of not really give each other a hug, but just kind of, um, kind of a side, a side hug, you know, like, uh, I put my hand on her back. She put her hand on my back. So it felt real nice. But between the, my psychiatrist, my psychologist, therapist, I, I wouldn't trade them for, for anything. And I hope you out there in podcast land um if you are struggling trying to find the right therapist trying to find the right psychiatrist trust me it takes time um i my last decent really awesome psychiatrist was a woman down in santa fe before I moved to Chicago, Santa Fe, New Mexico, I'm sorry, uh, before I moved to Chicago, she was just amazing. And I hadn't had one like her since this current one. And as far as my therapist, um, I had one when I first moved to Chicago. 
uh, but then my insurance wouldn't pay for her because she's not a, a doctor or a social worker. And so um, I had to stop seeing her. And before her, I haven't had one since Taos, New Mexico. And so it took me a while to find the right ones here in Chicago. And I found the right ones. And if you are looking for a right one, get on Psychology Today, the Psychology Today website. They have a lit, you can narrow it down to the male, female, age, doctor, social worker, uh, whatever you need. That's how I found both of them. Well, I found my psychiatrist on the Northwestern Medicine app. app. Um, and actually, <laughs> funny story, I picked her because uh, she reminded me of my last psychiatrist in New Mexico. And they actually have similar ways of how they practice, help their clients. Um, but I did find my therapist on psychology today. Um, now, what I like about that is it gives a little profile, a little background of the person. So you knew. I mean, that's how I found out that my, my therapist was not only Catholic as well, which I loved because I've never had a Catholic psycho psycho psychologist um, and then, or therapist. And I've always had to explain everything about my faith anytime I brought my, something of my faith up. Um, so I found that's how I found out she was Catholic. And not only that, but I also found out she was a nun at one point for many years. So you find out a lot about um, these people and that I suggest that is the first place you go to look. It's going to take time. It's going to take a few sessions. It's going to take a lot of hurt feelings from them. But I urge you, do not give up. And once again... You are loved and you are not alone. Have a great rest of the Sunday and I will record soon. God bless.